Hi, and thank you for joining us today. Um, we want to do something a little bit different. We're going to just get real today. So um, Daniel and I both um, have had a history of, well, childhood trauma, number one, um, and periods of depression and anxiety. And both of us have been working on that for a long time. I think that's strongly connected to why I was diagnosed to begin with, with an autoimmune condition. And you know, the more I dive deep into all of this, the more I learn. And so we were just talking and I said, you know what, this would make a great podcast because I know we're not the only ones who are dealing with this, you know, trying to get to the root, you know, what is going on? Anyway, the good thing is we both feel really good today. But we know that certain triggers can bring us back down, and we just are constantly learning stuff. So how are you today, Daniel? I'm doing great, Jennifer. How are you? Doing great. I'm excited that we're talking about this, because I think it can really be helpful to, uh, to our listeners who also have this, this thing here that, you know, it's hard to put words to it. Yeah, and y'all, you know, when you're in this state, you feel like you're the only one suffering, <laughs> but yes. you're not. And right, yeah. And sometimes you can feel alone. And so I, I didn't realize there are different. Um, they're just different forms of depression and anxiety, and it can all be triggered from all sorts of different things. Um, recently, I was listening to a podcast with Dr. Ben Lynch. And so um, the reason why we turned this on is I asked if you had heard of Dr. Ben Lynch. So Dr. Ben Lynch, um, his wife, I hope I don't get this wrong, has MS and she has trouble walking. And he is a, I don't know what he is, maybe a doctor of biochemistry. I'm not sure. Anyway, he has a program called Self Decode and Seeking Health. I think it's Self Decode. Seeking Health. Um, he makes um, a lot of supplements and things like that. And he's one of those people that I really trust. A lot of times you'll have doctors who have programs, they sell supplements, and you have this, you take the supplement, and he's not like that. Um, he's been doing just a lot of studies to help his wife, and he studies genes and genetics and supplements that help with certain genes. And we've heard the phrase, um, genes load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. And so a lot of times clients will come and say, well, I have these genes that runs in my family. It's just going to happen to me. And it's not true. If you eat like your family does and you do the things your family does, then it may be true for you, but you can break the cycle. And so he talks a lot about that. And he, the other day he was on a, a, a podcast with Dr. Rita Marie Lascalzo, and they were talking about serotonin and different neurotransmitters. And he was talking about dopamine and serotonin um, a lot of people that are on that, a lot of people take um, SSRIs, which um, prevent the reuptake of serotonin to help with depression. But when you're on these medications, you can't just go off of them. A lot of times when people go off cold turkey, then they become suicidal. Um, and so it, it's just really dangerous. But he said that um, saffron extract is as effective as SSRIs. Whoa. Now, saffron is very expensive, but you can use it yourself. You know, you're feeling low, you take some saffron extract. You're not feeling low, you don't need to take it. It's not like the pharmaceutical. It doesn't have the side effects. It's uh, totally different. Now, you can't just go from an SSRI to saffron extract. You have to work with the medical provider. Um, but for those that are not on SSRIs who think that may help, then that may be a viable option for, for people. 
Um, I didn't know if you've heard any studies like that or anything about, um, this is all new to me. This is new to me. I've never heard that saffron could be used for anxiety and depression, um, but it's good to know. Yeah. And I don't know, do you know where to get a good source? <laughs> because <laughs> no. maybe uh, Mountain Reserves may have some, I don't know. Yeah, they may, they may. Right. And I wonder if you can just make your own, you know, get saffron. Saffron is very expensive, so it would be expensive. But I mean, so is vanilla. Vanilla is very expensive and making your own too. Um, so uh, he talked to another thing about, so I always suffered from migraines and migraines are also related to serotonin. And when you get um, startles for people who, I don't know if this is just for people who suffer from migraines or everybody in general, but when you get startled, it affects your serotonin and that can trigger a migraine. Well, that was when for me, when, um, you know, like if I had like a near miss driving down the road, um, I remember I was on my way to work one time and a car pulled out right in front of me and, you know, it's just gasp. And then immediately I could get, I call it an aura where I get these sparkly things in front of my eyes. And by the time I got to work, I couldn't see in front of me. It was like, and I got to the computers and I couldn't even see the computer. You know, if I was looking at you, I couldn't even see your face. I could see around your face and it was just awful, but that used to happen to me. And so it's just strongly related to people who have issues with serotonin. But then he also said that um, people with this one form versus another. So all of you out there, you need to find this episode. I'll say if I can find it to put it in the show notes. Um, those people, when they get depressed, when they get low, these people that have the migraine things, um, they, it doesn't matter. They can be doing their favorite thing in the world and they just can't get out of it. And he said, that's the most, this one, of the most dangerous types. And that's, that's me. I can be, I mean, everything's perfect, but for some reason I can be so low. It's like, I can't. You know, and I'm like, then I'm even more depressed. Why am I depressed when everything's so good? And so I don't know, I don't know what form, if when you get down, if that's the same form or if it's a different form. I also know that I didn't know I had an autoimmune condition. I was diagnosed with um, Graves' disease in 2007, for those of you who are new. And I just thought it was my personality. I was very, very high strung. Um, I fly off the handle for anything. I mean, rage. Um, and I just thought that's just me. It runs in my family. Um, I have one side of my family that's very common. And I just, you know, very hyper, high strung, easily switch moods, you know, almost like bipolar. And then um, when I was diagnosed with Graves, I had never heard of it. Um, those are symptoms, high anxiety, um, rapid heartbeat, racing heart. And, and, and I had all the symptoms. I just didn't know that that was related to a condition. Wow. And so it took a diagnosis to figure out what exactly was going on with you. Right, right. And now that I know there are things I can do, oh, yeah. um, there were things that I was doing at the time. I was making, you know, thyroid, Graves' disease is a thyroid, autoimmune thyroid. And at the time I was a baker. I baked, I, I was, we cooked healthy, but I baked bread, a couple of loaves of bread every week, pizza dough, bagels, um, all the time. I, I wasn't a pro professional baker, but I had gone to culinary art school, but at home, we always had muffins, rolls, bagels, breads, and I was eating them all the time. 
And then when I talked to my doctor, does gluten have anything to do with it? No. <laughs> and, you know, I had quit, but then my antibodies were still high. So then I was like, oh, I can eat all the bread. And I went back to eating bread. And then my new doctor said, no, you have to do it for six months. And once I did, my antibodies were gone. But it's just crazy how I'm not that person anymore. You know, I, I don't fly off the handle. Now I can still, when I, I can still get triggered to go low into a deep depression if I don't watch myself, but my antibodies are gone, you know, so that's something totally different, but anyway, do, do you feel comfortable sharing any experiences? Cause I kind of sprung this on you. Oh, um, I think, you know, you were saying that everything could be going good and then you could still get down sometimes. I experience yeah. that sometimes like, um, I mean, my life's pretty good overall, but then I, uh, when I work on this career and I work really hard and then I don't get the outcomes I think I should be getting, like, you know, I, I we all have these plans and if they don't work out the way we think they should. <laughs> right. And that's a problem too. That's another topic. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but, um. It's always, but you know, it's, it seems like I'm not always, but you're, you know, how you have these thoughts in your mind, like, okay, maybe this isn't the path you should be on. Maybe I should try this path or this path. And, and you can never settle on one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking what's wrong with me. And this is, I think these are all symptoms of anxiety and depression. Oh yeah. I think you're right too. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, my motto for a long time was new year, new career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I used to, I've had a, a lot of jobs too in the past. Yeah. yeah. And when I tell people, Oh, well, you know, I used to do a blah, blah, blah. I used to be blah, blah, blah. I used to do blah, blah. And they're like, looking at me like, what? No, you haven't done all those things. Well, yeah, I actually have. <laughs> wow. So it must be a common, you know, wow. Maybe yeah, so. Huh. I think that Originally, I was meant to do this because when I first went to college, I went to study biochem biochemical engineering, which would have been completely different. I'd probably be working for a pharmaceutical company yes. uh, at the time, you know, but um, before I took organic chemistry, everyone was like, oh, it's too hard. Don't take it. I changed uh, majors. I was like, oh, I can't take one that's too hard. And now I wish I had taken organic chemistry because I love it. I love it. You know, that's what I'm studying now and biochemistry. And, oh, if I had just taken one more course, no telling what my path would have been. Anyway, I kept switching, switching. And then I got my master's in health science because I knew, you know, my grandma had challenged me, find your passion and your purpose. And I knew that it was to help people. Um, but when I finished with my master's, I didn't want to work in a hospital and I didn't want to work at a gym. And I was like, well, what do you do? And so I didn't know what to do. So I um, started teaching. I actually became a math teacher. So totally different from health science. But every path kept leading me back to nutrition, into health. And so even while I was teaching math, I was taking nutrition classes at night for years, doing continuing education classes and studying herbs and all of that. And so then when I was diagnosed, it was like, hey, I'm not doing what I'm meant to do. I'm supposed to be helping people with their health, and that's what led me, put me back on this path. But I think it's been there this whole time, um, and so and that's a whole nother, you know. Well, staying on your path can be tough. I think that's why a lot of people just settle. I right. don't know any. I, I, there, even in my circle of friends, none of them are really happy with their current career because 
they all want to be doing something else. Right. But it's difficult because if you have a steady job and it's hard to, uh, when you get home, you're tired. So a lot of people yeah. don't want to follow the other pursuits. You have to have a lot of drive to do that. So. Yes. Weighing the pros and cons, you know, yeah. I could have a job like a Monday through Friday job in an office. I'm miserable. Yeah. I mean, all I want to do is be outside and, you know, but so what I'm doing right now, even though there's good days and bad days, I love what I do right now. I, I absolutely love it. And when I work with clients, it's like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so it just feels so good when you are in the zone, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so I know, so even when the days aren't so great, I still know I'm on the right path. Yes, it's definitely, I know it sounds cliche, but we need to all find things that we love. <laughs> and some people, love. some people, they, they'll tell me there's, I don't know what I love. You know what I mean? So I tell them, well, go find out. You can even recruit a, I think there's people who can help you find what you're passionate about, like career officers, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some herbs and things that you think are helpful for people who um, need some balancing or lifestyle factors that help people that you know, their neurotransmitters are off? How do you know your neurotransmitters are off? You're moody, you know, have mood swings, have periods of depression, have trouble sleeping, you know, all of these different things. And there's even a gut brain axis. So a lot of times gut distress is related to I mean you you know it you have a pit in your stomach you feel it in your gut you have that gut instinct that's our brain and our gut communicating together and so what herbs do you do you use when you help people balance their neurotransmitters well the top of my list is St. John's wort and there used to be a lot of data this herb was really popular in the 90s because it was working so well for depression Mm-hmm. And the pharmaceutical industry did not like the, all this <laughs> talk about St. John's, so they try to tell people it's dangerous. And it can be dangerous if you take it with an SSRI, but St. John's on its own is not dangerous, and it's helped a lot of people. The only thing with this herb is it takes you at least six weeks to start getting the full benefits from the herb for your depression. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I take that every night, actually. In a oh, tincture. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I put it in my bedtime tea. I, I squirt one tincture in my bedtime tea. Now, medical disclaimer, I'm not telling anyone to do that, but that is just something that has helped me. And I, you know, I, I sleep well and my moods are, are, are good too. Yeah. Also with anxiety and depression, I always recommend herbs that help us relax. And St. John's can help you relax, but also like herbs, um, chamomile, valerian, Things that can help you relax, even magnesium. Magnesium is a big one. I know it's not an herb, but when you are stressed out all the time, your body just burns through magnesium. So you have to have a steady supply. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. Yeah. Lemon bombs, top of my list. Oh, yeah. I've never tried that one, but I've heard a lot of great things. Yeah. Studies have shown that um, lemon balm is as effective as anti anxiety meds. Um, And so, and it grows like mint. You know, you put it in your backyard, it's going to be everywhere. We have it all over our yard and areas way far away from where we even planted it. We actually, we didn't even plant it. It was, it started in a pot and it hopped out of the pot. And now it's wow. 
just everywhere, but it tastes delicious. It smells delicious. And I even, I'll put it with uh, peppermint during the day for a summery drink, or we put it in our bedtime. We alternate our bedtime teas. So something, we'll have to do another uh, podcast about that, but we do alternate them because you can get um, just used to certain ones, but we do like lemon balm before bedtime. I'm in our bedtime tea for calming because it's, it's very calming. And another one that we really like a lot is, uh, oh, I got another one too, passion flower. So passion yeah. flower, um, I think of it as quieting your monkey brain. And so when you have racing thoughts, so you just can't break that train of thought, passion flower is wonderful for that. But right now, mimosa. And so I don't know when this podcast will come out, but the mimosa trees are all blooming everywhere and the mimosa flowers are are really great for calming and relaxing. Those are the pink flowers, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go out and harvest them right now because they just, they're perfect right now. You know, it's interesting you brought passion flower because I saw a study on it as well. They had these patients who are about to get a procedure, a surgery, and they put one group on passion flower and another group on an anti-anxiety med. And the passion flower worked just as well as the pharmaceutical. And this is in a surgery situation. Wow. And people, you know, like the last time I got uh, my wisdom teeth pulled, oh boy, I, you know, I, you get really scared and but passion flower calmed them down. So it's, I put that in one of my tinctures. I make one just for relaxation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Uh, so we're about the end of our at our, the end of our time. Is there uh, anything you want to add um, to this talk? Well, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, the worst thing you can do is to quit trying. I mean, I have days where I just want to give up on the, my career choice because it's tough. Like to be in this career, you have to be everything. You have to be business. Yeah person you have to be an administrator you have to be the people that the person that goes to get your business you have to know everything about the herbs once you get people in you have to it's everything right so, and the tech the tech is what's killing oh, me yes me yes. too because we're uh we're, we're not the uh kids that were born with the ipod in our hands so Right. It changes so much and so fast. Anyway, I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. Um, If you are suffering from anxiety and depression, please seek help. Um, So we are not talking about people who really, you know, clinical depression is you need to work with a with a medical provider, Um, you know, work with counselors, work with coaches um, and get the the help you need. Talk to your community. Talk to us. You know, you're not alone. Um, and it's great to uh, to find a community or someone or, you know, something that can help. Um, if you are um, clinically depressed, lemon balm is not going to help. Um, it, it may help some, but you you might you need more than just lemon balm. Medical disclaimer that I'm not a, a doctor, but I'm just letting you know that we need more than that. We need community, which is why another reasons why Daniel and I um, work together. We have each other, and so. Um, just want to to share that with you. So please comment, let us know what you like. Um, Even if something struck a chord with you the wrong way, we want to know that too. Um, Subscribe to our podcast, share it with your loved ones. We love to hear from you.